You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Buckeye fans, to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I am your host, Unscripted Ohio's Jay Stevens. We have a lot to get with you today. First guest since I have become the host of the podcast, Corey Thompson of the Scarlet and Great Podcast. He'll be joining me in segment two and segment three today. And we'll have part two of my conversation with Corey coming tomorrow in segments two and three of tomorrow's episode as well. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. Follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBuckeye. Send all those emails to LockedOnBuckeyes at gmail.com. I understand that some of you do not have a Twitter account, and I don't blame you for that. Sometimes Twitter is a good place to be. Sometimes it is a bad place to be. So if you're not on the on the Twitter, go ahead, send your emails in, questions, answers, concerns, uh, questions, comments, concerns. Excuse me. Uh, we'll, we'll be able we'll be able to respond to those as quick as possible. You can always listen to Locked On Buckeyes on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcast. Like I mentioned, we have Corey Thompson coming up in seg- segments two and three in today's podcast. But we begin today talking about. A gentleman that played quarterback at the university at the at the Ohio State University and just got benched by the Washington football team. And Buckeye fans everywhere are wondering what is going on. Why is this happening now? He just had a 32 for 45 game where he threw for 314 yards, 71.1 completion percentage, the best of his career. Why in the world is Ron Rivera going from Dwayne Haskins to Kyle Allen? Does it make sense? Well, if I was the coach, this is Buckeye fans talking right now. Well, if I was the coach, I would start only Buckeyes. I would have Dwayne Haskins in there. I would keep Haskins in. No matter how good or how bad or how in the middle he plays, I'm keeping Dwayne Haskins in there no matter what. And honestly, guys, I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm a guy... If you heard me on my own podcast, the Jay Stevens podcast comes out every Monday and every Thursday. Drop today. Go check it out. You'll know a little bit about how I view early season uh, firings, uh, benchings, things of that nature. I have thoughts about what ha- what has happened in Chicago with the Chicago Bears. Thoughts about what's happened in Houston with Bill O'Brien. And thoughts about what's going on right now with Dwayne Haskins. The Washington football team organization is a train wreck, a hot Ness, and it has been for a very long time. Ron Rivera came in and he made it very, very clear that he had he held no allegiance. He was not connected to any player on the team. And we should all remember that we all had this feeling that at some point throughout the season, we would see Kyle Allen, possibly Alex Smith, but we would first see Kyle Allen. Didn't know when it would happen. Didn't think it would happen after Dwayne Haskins' very next, very best game. But we're also in a period of time period in sports, in life, where people make rash decisions. People make things out of emotion, a uh, spur of the moment. And it, sometimes it come back to bite them. They don't care about you progressing and developing as a player, as a person, as a quarterback. Forget all of that. 
All they care about is what they think is best for them in the moment. I'll go to NBA. We saw with Carmelo Anthony in Houston. Got cut after 10 games. The analytics came up. Analytics said, we review you. We analyze you after a 10-game span. Carmelo Anthony got cut from them. And I'm glad he got a second, another opportunity after that to play basketball in the National Basketball Association. And so with Dwayne Haskins, you're thinking early in his career, hasn't been a starter that much, very, very raw. And I was an advocate with Dwayne Haskins. I'll say this before going back to the Washington football team and how this is really a train wreck of an organization. And this move actually fits their track record very, very well. With Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State, I was a big fan of him staying in school. You may be saying, Jay, he had a phenomenal year. He threw, he broke records. He should, he should leave. He should leave school. One thing we realize, Justin Fields did a, had a phenomenal year, a great year last year as a quarterback, especially with him being the first year with the team, first year as uh, in, with Ohio State, learning a new offense very, very quickly, and playing out of his mind as a first-year starter. I have talked to a scout, actually, a little plug, uh, we'll, have a, we'll have an NFL scout coming on next week to talk about draft-eligible players at Ohio State on the football team, and Justin Fields will be literally the first person him and I talk about. And with Justin Fields, scouts, scouts they will pick you apart, look at you via a microscope and say, ooh, that's a deficiency, that's a deficiency, that's a deficiency. He does X, Y, and Z so well. But we need him to do A, B, and C a whole lot better. Yeah, he's a first-round pick, but how? But what kind of situation will he get into? How will he respond in such situation? And there's so many details when scouts say, ah, offense, ah, it's okay, but ah, we want him to do a little bit better, play a whole lot better. And with Dwayne Haskins, no matter the numbers, and I'm a, I'm, I try my best not to be a numbers guy. I purposefully utilize Dwayne Haskins' stats after the last game to talk about how he is playing right now, and why he just literally needs more reps. If you don't get reps in practice, you get your reps in the game, you fail You fail in the game, you get put on front street by the national media, and you're thinking, well, the coach didn't let me get my reps in practice, so I'm getting them on national TV, and lo and behold, I get embarrassed because the coach doesn't help me out be the best quarterback that I can be. The Washington football team, they have a track record of moving on from quarterbacks, utilizing a lot of quarterbacks, and really uh, not making a lot of sense with the quarterback play that they have. I have a list here. And via this list, since 1993, the Washington football team, as long as they go ahead and move forward with Kyle Allen this coming Sunday, they would have started 30 quarterbacks since 1993. I'm going to go through a list of them. And some of these names you will know. Some of these names you will not know. But when you have a bad franchise, a bad organization, Stuff like this happens. You see it in Cleveland. All the track record, track record of a lot of quarterback play, a lot of bad play. And this team this year may actually do things that haven't been done in 15, 18, 20 years with the Cleveland Browns. Bad organizations make bad decisions consistently. Here's a list of some quarterbacks that have started for the Washington football team since 93. And you're like, oh, wow, Jay, you make a lot of sense. Um, is it Dwayne Haskins? Maybe. Is it the coach? Maybe. Is it the GM? Possibly, but when everything starts at the top and there's dysfunction at the top, sometimes things trickle downhill and it doesn't look well. Mark Rippian started for Washington. Uh, Heath Schuler, never even heard that name. Gus Farratt, Trent Green, Brad Johnson, Jeff George, Tony Banks, Kirk Cousins, 
RG3. That was a while ago. Rex Grossman, I think he's still under contract with the team. Donovan McNabb, Jason Campbell, Mark Brunel. I haven't heard that in a while. Tim Hasselback, Patrick Ramsey, Danny Warfel. Really? And you see the you see the gist of it. They have a track record of not utilizing and not allowing talent to develop. And this is what happens. Is it Ramon Vero's fault? Possibly. Is it his is it his boss's fault? Possibly. But when you have a track record of not letting players develop, things like this happen. Dwayne Haskins wasn't drafted into a wasn't drafted into a good situation. And it seems like the longer he's there, things just keep getting worse. It's very ironic, and I'll close out with this. It's very ironic that when we heard about who it was that was going to be the uh, QB, the starter, we also heard that Dwayne Haskins would not be QB2, he would be QB3. Kind of shows you how Ron Rivera may be trying to distance himself from Dwayne Haskins instead of trying to help that young man develop. Before I get to the conversation with uh, Corey Thompson of the Scarlet and Great Podcast, we heard about Rock Auto earlier, but I will tell you a little bit more about them. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why it's been up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now. Not if you're driving, if you're stopped, go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliable low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com march madness is right around the corner if you want to win your office pool you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the locked on college basketball podcast Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And joining us now, it's a voice that some of you may remember from a few months ago or maybe even last season. It is Corey Thompson from the Scarlet and Great Podcast. Corey, how you doing, man? Pretty good, man. Congrats on the new digs here, man. I, lo- I love hearing you get a new dig, man. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, Corey, before we get started, go ahead and let the people know where they can listen to you, uh, your podcast, and then also where they can c- connect with you on Twitter. Uh, right now, a part, as a part of the Unscripted Ohio Podcast Network, uh, Scarlet and Great Podcast, look for us there, uh, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, iTunes, whichever your favorite streaming service is, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, that's where we're at, Spotify as well. Um, also, if you want to check me out on Twitter, I always follow back at ScarletGreatCT, pretty simple. Uh, I love good in conversation with fellow Buckeye fans, especially just Buckeye fans like Jay. Jay and I talk all the time. So. That is true. That is true. He's a, he's a good, easy, fun person to talk to. And speaking of things that are easy and fun to think about or to talk about, 
the football season's right around the corner, Corey, and October 24th will be here before we know it. Nebraska, I know, does not want to come here, but when you fight back, when you take the Big Ten to court, it's the kind of the way the cookie crumbles with your schedule. What are some things you're looking forward to expectation-wise for this season? Boy, I mean, I think most fans are going to say national title or bust, right? I mean, this is the kind yeah. of team we have this year. And with Justin Fields, obviously going to be his last year, you know, you don't get quarterbacks like this often. Now, granted, Ohio State's had some great quarterbacks recently. There's no doubt about that. But uh, Fields seems pretty special in, in and of his own self. So, uh, you know, it's it, it's awful. There's a couple little weaknesses, not weaknesses, but question marks, I should say, about the team that I think might hold us back a little bit. But no matter what, when you got a guy like Justin back there, an offensive line like we look look like we're going to have, and a coach like Ryan Day, you just you're going to have all the faith in the world that they could take it all the way, especially with the way everybody looks right now. I mean, it's Bama, and it looks good, obviously. Clemson, you know, they're kind of feeling it out. But you know what they're doing. They did the same thing last year. They kind of pulled a few out, and they were closer than what people expected. But they're going to be there. But everybody else, ugh. <laughs> so, um, Ohio State has a real opportunity here to be one of those Final Four very easily, the way everybody's looking right now. And honestly, I would love some revenge with Clemson. Revenge with Clemson. I was thinking about doing, and I haven't mentioned this yet, but I'll do it now with you on, on here. I was thinking about rewatching that game, um, last year's game, you, the last game of your season. <laughs> Well, no, it's just more of kind of I do. Um, it's, <laughs> I, it's, I, I'm trying to find a way to look at the last season, the last game, and find ways for the team to improve based off the last game that we played. That's it. Um, and so that may come up, kind of hint for all of you listeners, next week this is actually going to happen, uh, a precursor of something that's probably going to happen Monday or Tuesday, kind of reliving and kind of thinking about picking apart the, the mistakes that Ohio State made in that game and then also uh, figuring out the way that they can improve. Um, Offensive-wise specifically, you've mentioned Justin Fields, but what other players or what are you thinking fans can look forward to and say this or that may happen? I'll tell you, um, you know, last year's run game was special, right, with J.K. Dobbins, who went from kind of a guy that we were like, eh, you know, maybe he's good, maybe he's a little overrated, to, okay, he's a beast and he's one of the greatest Buckeyes of all time. And obviously – I think we can expect similar to that this year, but you have that question mark with uh, Sermon and Teague. I can't wait to watch Trey Sermon in this offense. I really can't. He looks good in practice. He looks faster than I've ever seen him, to be honest with you, in a couple of clips that I've seen from what I've heard. And I don't know what it is, but I, I love a great run game. I'm, I'm old school that way. I love a great run game. And I, when, when the Sermon transfer here, I was so excited because I know we, he was a Buckeye at one point silently. And then of course he, you know, went to Oklahoma, but uh, to know he's come full circle, come back to Ohio State after watching his old teammates lose two games in a row, knowing that he's going forward with a team that looks like they could be a national title contender very easily. Uh, that, to me, is just going to be extremely exciting, with, especially when we got Wise Davis back, uh, along with Nick Josh Myers and Harry Miller in the middle. Uh, I think that run game is going to be stellar and, and, and exceptional again this year. And I think Sermon's going to have the kind of year that I think Oklahoma fans really wanted for him. And that's a guy that I'm really looking – I don't – I mean, yeah, we got all these receivers. I know everybody's looking at that. Jeremy Ruckert, you know, Justin Field, But that run game with Trey Sermon, Master Teague. And, by the way, guess who's surprising in camp is uh, Steel Chambers. Yeah, yes. Uh, we, he He is. might get to see some time. So, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see where this run game goes. Run game. Interesting, because I know a lot of people – you mentioned the receivers. A lot of people will say the passing game, the, air, the aerial attack, would be the way that they would be saying because there's so many receivers. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, uh, Julian Fleming. I think I saw you on Twitter talking about him and how he is – he's a youngster that's full of talent. 
But I am a person, and I've seen people wonder how the dynamic, and I wonder, I'm curious how you respond to this, how the dynamic, when you mentioned the run game, Trey Sermon, Master Teague, RB1, RB2, how will those players complement each other on the field? Thunder and lightning. Uh, uh, Teague is thunder, uh, Sermon's lightning. I'm not saying he's as quick as Dobbins, but he's in that, you know, in that category. And Teague is obviously a bruiser. And he also could be a great blocking back as well for uh, Trey or for Justin and those uh, different design runs. But uh, I definitely think it's going to be a great dynamic in the sense that Teague will have more responsibility this year, obviously, the seniority that he has in the Ohio State offense. And he'll get more carries, I think. And, and remember, a lot of times last year, he got most of his carries, say, in, in I want to say, garbage time and, mm-hmm. and mop-up duty. I think this year he'll have more of a role, obviously, especially the way he healed up so quickly and the way he's become kind of a pseudo-leader on the team. And I say pseudo because he's not, not technically a team captain. But, you know, he is, a, he is one of those personalities that is a leader on the team. Uh, and Sermon's a newcomer, and he's still learning the offense. So I think I definitely think they're going to have packages that will allow for a 60-40 type split more so than last year, where J.K. got 90% of the carries, and that was it. J.K. was the bell cow, and that was it. And that was a good plan because it's J.K. Dobbins, right? And Sermon, uh, he's had some health issues, obviously, in his career. So do you really want to completely base your entire offense around him? I wouldn't think so. Uh, so we, you get, you had a steady running back and master Teague who hurts defenses, especially in the late and the third and fourth quarters that we're going to be, I imagine that Penn state game, they're going to see a heavy dose of master Teague in that third, late third or early to late fourth quarter, just to get tire out that defense even more and we can control clock. Uh, just stuff like that. I, I just think you're going to see more of us even split, not 50, 50, but more even than it was last year. I think so. I think so. Do you find that? Do you think, and I know some Buckeye fans will maybe think I'm crazy about saying this, but hear me out. With the way that Trey Sermon, the way you described him as a, as a runner, as a player, and the way you described the thunder and lightning concept between these two players, a 60-40 split between the carries and the, and the plays that they're playing, do you think there's a way or that there's a, a possibility that Trey Sermon rushes 4,000-plus and Master Teague rushes 4,000-plus? Absolutely. Came close last year. I think, what did Teague end up with, 800, 900 yards? I think it's Something absolutely like possible. Well, shortened season's going to be tough. Um, ah, good, I, point. I, good point. Good point. I went into the uh, what the season was when we thought the season was going to be a regular 12, 13 games. I thought Sermon was a guaranteed 15, 1600 yard back with nine games, 10. If you go to a bowl or uh, or a championship, you know, or I mean, I'm sorry, uh, uh, playoff. I mean, he could, he, I say 11, 1200 yards for him and maybe 900 to 1000 fatigue. I think they're going to split it enough to where they both come very close or they both uh, breach a thousand yards. That's that would be amazing. Shortened season. Uh, I'm not one that really says I don't. I struggle with this, with saying that the spring game, um, missing that is a real struggle for the development of players because I know that that's months away from the actual season being played. And I, don't, and I think with Sermon being so uh, experienced and with that Oklahoma offense and he's learned and he's played under different quarterbacks, I think going to, going to Justin Fields is very similar to the transition he's already had to go through previously in his career, and in his collegiate career. So I'm not really sure not having a spring game is going to be that detrimental to him and his development and his role with the team. But I'm really looking forward to those players. Before we continue again to the rest of my conversation with Mr. Corey Thompson about the Ohio State Buckeyes, I want to tell you about my friends at Built Bar. We all like to work out. We all like to sweat. We all like to build muscle. When we build muscle, we tear down the muscle. We tear down things, and we have to build them back up. Well, Built Bar is exactly what you have been looking for. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet 
and as well with a purchase you get a free cooler now a free cooler may not be sexy to you but if you can't use it now you can use it later now the cooler is only available while supplies while supplies last so hop on this opportunity as quick as you can go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on that is l-o-c-k-e-d O-N, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. But moving over to the defensive side, what's a, what's a, a thing you're saying, I believe this will happen, this team, is this defense is set up for X, Y, or Z to happen throughout this shortened season? I don't think it's going to be quite as good as last year. Okay. You can't lose Chase Young. Jeff Akuda, Damon Arnett, Jordan Fuller, who we're finding out Jordan Fuller was much more valuable than his sixth round uh, yeah, you know, yeah. draft stock. But And also Malik Harrison, for what it's worth, starting with the Ravens, I believe. And that's a pretty good defense to start on. Um, you can't just lose all that. And Now, linebacker is the healthiest. Ironically, because a couple of years ago, we were saying, man, linebacker has nothing. Now we're saying, man, linebacker's got too much. There's too many players to put on the field, you know. Um, but who's going to become that alpha sack uh, sack leader, that alpha pass rusher. Everybody says Zach Harrison. I really think it will be. And I hope so, but you don't know yet. Right. It's a still question mark. Uh, how far has he developed in his raw talent? Uh, who's going to be obviously Sean Wade's the alpha corner that's set in stone. That's who it is. But I think there's going to be times this year. Cause I really do believe seven banks will start opposite of him. And I think Cam Brown will be the slot or him or Marcus Williamson. Uh, and who also Williamson's having a great camp and been rejuvenated by coach Coons coming back. Apparently. I, I think, Seven Banks, there's going to be times this year where he gets picked on more than Sean because who's going to go at Sean when you got a newcomer on the other side, right? So I think there's going to be times where because of the fact we see him on our TV a lot, we're going to start thinking Seven Banks is so good he might even be better than Sean Wade. That's, but, I mean, of course, that's just based on the fact that they're going to be trying him more. Uh, and I'm a little – the only thing I'm concerned about on defense is actually safety because Proctor was not great against Clemson, and I'm not saying he can't be great. He has all the talent in the world. Maybe Coach Combs is a, rejuvenates him a little bit. Marcus Hooker's pushing them a leg right now. I don't know if they're going to have two high safeties or go back to one high safety from last year because I've heard multiple different things about what Combs is trying to do. Maybe Ohio State likes it like that. Um, you know, but again, you know, Lathan Ransom just got his black stripe off. You don't expect him to play that much, but he'll get mop-up duty minutes. Uh, again, the depth is not spectacular at safety, so you're going to have to count on Proctor and Hooker quite a bit. So, But again, I haven't seen enough from them to be like, oh, yeah, it's locked down. Like when Jordan Fuller entered his senior year, you're thinking, okay, we're good at safety. We're fine there. Jordan Fuller's a stud. We all know that, um, especially the corner. So I, it's, there's a question mark of safety for me. I still think the defense line will be fine because you got Harrison, obviously, John Cooper's back. Uh, you know, you got Tyler Friday, who's, I think, an underrated player, uh, quite a fan. Javante Baptiste, I cannot ever say his name correctly. I apologize. <laughs> but, he's, you know, he's a pass rush specialist type. Uh, you know, and you got – in the middle, you're going to be fine if Teron Vincent gets healthy. But you got – you know, we've had some bad luck there. Teron Vincent seems injured again, and you got what happened to Haskell Garrett. But Big Tom, obviously, there. Antoine Jackson's going to be fine filling in. Got some young guys there willing, waiting for the opportunity, like Jerron Cage and whatnot, who actually has been solid. He's not flashy, but he's solid. Uh, folks like that, Jaden McKenzie as well is another name nobody remembers, but he's off. He, got, he has a lot of potential. I think we'll be fine. It's just this – we're going to be – it's a new defensive coordinator – a bunch of new guys, new faces. There's going to be bugs to work out, guys. I mean, Nebraska's even going to get some on us. I hate to tell people that. They have an experienced quarterback with a third-year head coach in the system for the, in the same system for three years. They're going to get some on us. It's just it's not. I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm just saying at times it's going to make, they're going to make our defense look a little silly. I think. <laughs> so I think people need to in the first half of that season need to realize we're growing. Just let it grow. Combs has never been a play caller. Now he's a play caller. Let him grow into it. 
Let the young guys grow into their roles. As long as we keep winning, it'll be okay and it'll get better. You made a comment about Coons being a new play caller and having to let him basically learn while learn on the fly, learn on the job, which is expected. But are you, do you put much stock into the early season? What happens early in the season, game one, game two, game three, or do you start observing and kind of making your own observations, reading into things uh, the second half of the season? I, I say second half because the season is so short. I, will, I am still not used to and uh, going to be able to understand an eight-game season in the sprint that it's literally going to be. We watch baseball. I know this is not a different sport, uh, but no, we watch Major League Baseball do a 60-game season. And that sprint was just quickly over. I'm thinking, wait, season just started, but, it, but it's over. And I think we're going to find that the – Football season is going to be the same way, a quick sprint, and we're done right to the Big Ten Championship and then low on finding out what's going on after that. Do you put much stock to uh, things that happen early on for game, game one, game two, game three, or do you start formulating an opinion and figuring out what kind of team Ohio State will be after that point in the season? I think you got to go with the second half of the season. If they're not improving certain things by game four and five and six, then you can cause for worry, I think. Uh, because that's that's when you're like, okay, we're not learning from our mistakes. We're not adjusting to our mistakes. I mean, I expect the first three games, and especially with Penn State, to have a few screw-ups and to have a few, oh, my gosh, how did he get that wide open? You know, yeah, yeah. just a communication errors, especially with new safeties, again, and a new corner, basically all new corners except for Wade playing. I mean, uh, I expect those kind of – I mean, do I expect a, a, almost an all-new defensive line to c- c- have gap integrity constantly? No. Uh, but so it's going to be – there's going to be – just differences. I mean, it's, it's just people are just going to have to, like, I hope they just don't panic after game one. You know, Nebraska scores 34 points somehow or whatever, 24, 25, 28 points. And people, do, <gasps> you know, it's just, guys, it's okay. It's, it's a new it's a new defensive coordinator who's never done this before. Let them let grow into it, you know. Uh, so and I think the fact that's going to be key, and it was key last year, is having Madison there to kind of coach Combs, uh, pun intended, to in, – in, um, <laughs> and the art of play calling. He's going to be there to help him along the way in play calling. As long as it's not Combs by himself and he had, no, he had anybody to lean on, you know, it's just, yeah. his Madison's going to be huge. He was huge last year. He didn't get enough credit for what he did. And I think this year it's going to be, he's going to be an unsung hero for when the defense does start to improve. I believe so as well. Guys, come back tomorrow for part two of this conversation. Corey and I will talk about newcomers and what newcomers. Buckeye fans, you should be looking forward to seeing during the football season on both the offense and the defense.